Welcome to the Eli Kasab Experience. Okay, perfect. And we're live. All right. Um, hey, All guys. Right. All right. Welcome to, welcome to the podcast. On uh, today's episode, uh, we've got Dr. Ethan Chrysworth here with us today. Um, and he's going to be kind of sharing a little bit about him and kind of his journey and his path through um, kind of athletic training and some of the settings that he's been in. Um, but for for uh, people listening, Dr. K, um, would you mind just giving people a little bit of a uh, background, who you are, and kind of what you've been up to, and and, and yeah. let them uh, get to know you a little bit? Yeah, thanks. And uh, first and foremost, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, podcasts are are just becoming the thing, and I don't have a podcast, but it seems like everybody else has a podcast now, <laughs> which is really fun because my, my friend's idea. <laughs> yeah. So who doesn't like uh, talking about their journey? So hopefully, without being too uh, too involved, so. I'm one of those old dogs now. I remember I used to look at like some of the old dogs and, you know, we're in the, the far West, right? But um, some of the old dogs in athletic training, you'd look at them and go, God, these guys are so old, man. And you're, a, you know, a rising, budding athletic trainer and you're all excited and these guys you know, have their green jackets on. And now I feel like, I mean, I don't have a green jacket, but I feel like I'm an old guy. So I graduated I started athletic oh, training. Um, I think I I took the BOC in '95 or '96. I don't know. It's been a while. Not, not that <laughs> long ago. The, I mean, that's when the BOC was uh, all written, right? So you had to go into and you know mm-hmm. you pull you out of this out of uh, your multiple choice test questioning, and they take you to simulations, and you have a panel wow. sitting in front of you with a you know with a table full of instruments, and they'd give you a question, and you'd have to perform, right? So then they, after you're done with that, they'd send you back and you would have to go back and finish, you know, your, whatever test you were on. There's three parts at that time. And then you had to wait a week Jeez. to see if you got a mail. And I remember, uh, you either got a big envelope or a little envelope and people would say, if you get the big envelope, you passed. And if you got the little envelope, you didn't pass. And I got a little <laughs> envelope and the little envelope oh, came no. and, you know, I was like, no way. And then I looked in and said, I passed everything. I'm like, you guys suck, man. You guys are messing with me. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, so early athletic training, um, I went to a, a school called California State Dominguez Hills, a small division two school in Carson, California. Um, I ended up uh, leaving there and working, geez, minor league, um, various high schools you know after i graduated i went and got a master's at long beach state uh in their masters of it was i think it was called uh sports medicine injury studies it was basically okay. athletic training and i i actually left that master's early because i got a job with um with another minor league baseball team um and then i came okay. back and did another master's back at cal state dominguez hills again um because i didn't finish that in the time period they wanted to and um then I'm coming back and getting uh, the head athletic training job at Dominguez Hills. Um, and I worked there for about 11 years as their head athletic trainer, uh, teaching courses and athletic training there. And I got burned out, man. I got so burned out trying to cover 200 to 250 student athletes um, as in just a few athletic trainers at that time at a small D2 school. So uh, I said something got to be better for me. So I went back to school and I pursued my PhD. So, nice. That's, um, that's what yeah. that's kind of sparked. I'll go yeah, ahead. No, that, uh, you know, I, I think I, I, there's twofold why I tried to do the PhD was, um, one, I was burned out and I thought, okay, there has to be something more for me to learn. 
And, and two, I really enjoyed teaching. They gave me adjunct teaching jobs at Cal State Dominguez Hills uh, to teach athletic training one and two at that time, modalities and whatever courses we had um, at that time. So uh, I enjoyed that and I enjoyed prepping for that and student engagement and student-centered learning mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pedagogy. And I said, you know what, there's gotta be something more. So. I left Dominguez Hills and I pursued a faculty position at a school called Concordia University of Irvine and I became their program director and during that time I also pursued my PhD from a program called Rocky Mountain University of Health Professions which is in Provo, Utah. Um, So it was a limited residency program where I can be a program director and then go on to campus during the breaks of typical athletic training seasons. Um, and be on campus at Rocky Mountain and write research and take tests. We weren't online back then. We were basically turning in hard copies of things. So now everything's pretty much online. But um, after I finished that um, uh, and I left Concordia after about three years or, yeah, almost four years, I think, somewhere around then, um, I went with uh, Olympic boxing and got various other jobs. And I landed on rock tape. I really landed on rock tape, meaning that, a guy who I went to school with pursuing my PhD became the, the education director for Rock Tape, which was a budding continuing education platform when athletic when continuing education was really starting to rise. If you look at Con Ed now, I mean it is at the forefront of learning. Um, people pay for large you know, curriculums at big time universities and you see them taking a lot of Con Ed. So Con Ed is just a a really big platform for people to learn on and rock tape was there. So um, I got in with him. He said, Hey, you want to teach courses? And I said, well, let me audit courses. I've used plenty of kinesiology tape before. And that's all we had at that time. Um, And then I started teaching courses. And before I knew it, I became the education director (laughs) and he moved on to uh, smart tools. So, um, you know, with that rock tape has just blossomed from kinesiology tape to, uh, myofascial cupping, flossing, instrument-assisted tools, uh, movement uh, assessment and analysis courses. So it's just growing and growing and growing. So that's all. And how many years yeah. have been? Have you been doing that now with Rock Tape? So Rock Tape. I think I'm initially? going on my. I think um, 2000 end of 2014 into 2015. So five and a half years or so um, with Rock Tape. Um, you know, but I still love athletic training and, you know, I still, as you know, cause you've worked with me with Christ for sports medicine and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I wrote my whole dissertation on the epidemiology of musculoskeletal injury in Brazilian jiu-jitsu because it's just such a passion. And anybody who does BJJ knows that it's highly addictive, which is super hard right now because we can't touch each other. So, um, yeah. we're all, we're all freaking out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, um, uh, you know, jiu-jitsu has been part of my life. And I said, you know, I still want to keep athletic training around. So um, that started early in infancy too. Athletic training wasn't a part of Brazilian jiu-jitsu when jiu-jitsu came here from Rio or came here from Brazil. And I competed uh, in one, you know, in the early, early tournaments where it was only like, I think I told you this before, it's like <laughs> three or four mats, maybe, maybe six mats, half day, one day. And I said, hey, I want to compete and I'll trade you athletic training skills for registration costs. And they didn't know what that was. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to come here with a cooler ice and a, and a bag with a bunch of tape and, you know, kits and stuff in it. And then, um, and then I'm going to have a uh, treatment table. I'm going to sit on the side of the mats and stay here the whole time for you. 
And that's how that started. And now it's Man. five days, you know, 350 million competitors. Uh, and you've been there in the trenches with me from dislocated yep. shoulders, yep. knees, whatever comes our way, we're there. So uh, that's how Christ for sports medicine kind of out. Man, so kind of a little bit of everything. You've had experience in the college setting and the educational teaching setting and I guess the uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, boxing, so almost MMA setting as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, man, quite the quite the variety. And so now yeah. you're mostly just the rock tape educational piece and the Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, piece with the IBJJF. Yeah, you know, I've tried to narrow it down. So um, Chrysler Sports Medicine, which is my LLC, um, was doing a lot of things. Actually, I had everything, and this is a really good thing to, to you know, whoever's viewing your, your cast is talking about is making your own, right? So instead of working for somebody, if you can develop something for you and run everything through that. So I developed an LLC called my last name, Christward Sports Medicine. Um, and then I ran rock tape through there. I ran adjunct teaching from various universities through there. I ran okay. a CPR and first aid company through there. Um, and of course, athletic training services wow. through there. So I ran everything okay. through there. Um, wow. Just recently, probably in the last uh, two years, uh, Rock Tape just got to a point where it got so big, they wanted to hire as a W-2. Um, so I'm like, okay, that means I got to drop a lot of stuff. So I dropped a lot of stuff. I still have the LLC. But I just do jujitsu pretty much through it. But I dropped any adjunct teaching positions. You know, a lot of athletic trainers teach various online programs, um, uh, in-house programs as adjunct because those jobs are um, there's a lot of them out there. You know, so mm-hmm. um, running everything through the LLC was working for me quite well. And then I had basically had to make the decision that I did I want to become a full-time employee of one company. And it was a hard decision to tell you the truth because I had so much freedom. I, I was working all the time because it's your own company and you got to get work. But then again, it was nice that right. I didn't have to check in with anybody or do anything like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Man. And so um, what, were, what were some of the, I guess, some of the hardships, I guess, in, in, in transitioning from, you know, Dominguez Hills, you left your head athletic training position, you do the educational stuff, you started doing the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu stuff. Um, you open, you know, Christworth Sports Medicine. Uh, what were some of the the trials that you ran into, uh, and like during that period? Um, like, what were some of the things that kind of caught you off guard that you were like, "Oh, I had no idea," you know, uh, having to deal with X, Y, and Z. Well, I think you know, I, there was that time where, um, you know, I left Concordia. Uh, they didn't renew my contract. I didn't. I didn't do well over there. Um, it was a it was an environment that I was not used to. It was a very uh, religious environment and something that I haven't been used to as far as being an educator or being an athletic trainer. So it was really religion first. So when we didn't renew my contract, I moved on. Um, I had to really kind of reinvent myself. I had to say, okay, I, I don't have a job right now. Um, what can I do? Right. So I, I did all the basic things by going on, you know, every place to try to get a job. But I live in, I live in California with a young family. I wasn't about to up and move. So I started really hitting the pavement as far as can I teach CPR and first aid for your school district? And I would basically walk into school districts and say, Hey, I'm an American Red Cross instructor. I can teach CPR and all the stuff for you guys. That was actually quite lucrative, believe it or not. Um, because you're talking about 
thousands of employees that that need uh, CPR and first aid. And those contracts right. still run. Every two years, I'll go back and I'll teach those things. So um, you'll run day after day after day wow. in small groups. Um, that, and I also hit the pavement by um, contacting every jiu-jitsu federation at that time. There's only two at that time, but um, those continue to build. And it's really up to myself. And I have an assistant named Shelby Daly, um, who you know Shelby, who we seek out mm-hmm. You know, if we want to work with these jiu-jitsu federations. I think athletic training services now, as you see it, there's, um, you know, uh, was it game day or game ready, whatever I forgot their name. There's Wilda Bingham has her own tape pros. Um, uh, Ashley Pennington has her the advantage. There's a lot of those that are really growing out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because people need athletic training services. So it's really up to you to go get those contracts, you know? So yeah, you gotta hit for the, sure. You gotta, yeah, you gotta I, put your head down and you know, but that's what athletic training, that's what we do. Right. We're kind of like, I don't want to call ourselves a grunt because we've really changed, but I came from a grunt, grunt background. The grunt background was, you know, your athletic trainer. Um, there was no athletic training student at that time. It was only two classes. You took athletic training one and two, and then you did 1500 hours and you basically got thrown to the wolves and you figured it out where now, you know, we have a very diverse curriculum. We have really good learning models, learning strategies for somebody to become an athletic trainer. So way, way different. But I see today, you know, especially with these athletic training services, people are really branching out. Uh, depending on the state you're in, they're becoming their own entity as far as treatment, you know, um, first priority or first uh, first responding treatment, you know, opening up their own clinics. So there's a lot of different opportunities other than traditional athletic training. And yeah, that's uh, that's uh, kind of a conversation I've had with just recent um, athletic training students and interns and stuff was just how many options there are with athletic training nowadays instead of working traditional athletics. Um, it's it's crazy. It's opening up quite a, a bit of opportunities in a lot of different settings. Um, what were some of the what were some of the big I guess the biggest differences when you we switched over from the athletics into the more the educational uh, clinical side, like some of the pros and and cons um, of making that that move. You know, mm-hmm. if you were talking to a student who was interested in it, and you're like, well, and you were trying to explain to them, like, you know, what are some what are some of the key differences between the yeah. two? Yeah, well, you know, with athletic training, being an athletic trainer, you don't really, in my opinion, you don't really have to prepare. You kind of you deal with what what comes to the door. Of course, you have to prepare as far as like um, the site or you know having enough athletic trainers in the athletic training clinic to treat. Um, you know, dealing with coaches on a day to day day to day basis, all those basic things. With teaching, you have to be heavily prepared. Um, and at least that's the way I see it. I still you know teaching rock tape and eight hour or six hour uh, courses. I've been teaching those for years now, and I still look at my my deck prior to teaching. I still prepare. That's just me. But you really have to prepare and be ready and know the research, and you need to understand how to engage a person. Not everyone, you know, there are some extremely smart athletic trainers out there, much more smarter than me, um, but they may not be as good as engagement. You know, student engagement is what keeps the the attendee um, focused, and willing and wanting to learn and even come back for more courses. So teaching in a high school, teaching in a college, teaching continuing education, preparing is really the biggest change, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. That's perfect. 
No, that's great. That's great insight. Um, and if, if you were, you know, if some, if people were looking into getting involved or if they were still like early on in the careers and they were looking at, you know, trying to go the educational route where this is the athletics route, like what are some suggestions, uh, you personally, just from, you know, going through the process, what are some things you would recommend that they do if they were interested in in kind of that side of things? I would say taking Um, courses, uh, there's plenty of continuing education courses out there, understanding student engagement and student starting learning. Um, that's a big one. It's not just being the greatest clinician and sharing how you treat that's very, that's a myopic approach. You know, people get tired of hearing war stories of how you treated somebody in, you know, 1984 compared to 1999 and so on. So you need to basically know how to, you need to understand teaching strategies, taking court, taking, um, ex, you know, extraneous courses or, um, external courses such as that. Also, you know, if you're interested in that, getting a master's degree in a bit more ideas of pedagogy or even a PhD or EDD in pedagogy, um, that would be heavily helpful. Um, understanding curriculum. Okay. That, so those are big. And then speaking with your program director at the university or the principal at the high school to develop a program. A lot of people are just developing programs now. We see high schools that are developing programs and athletic trainers teaching, mm-hmm. you know, part day and athletic training the second half of the day. So is selling that you know the ability to sell is a big part a big part of it yourself right selling yourself yeah that's yeah no that's true i think that's it, it's huge it's, it's things that they don't really teach you in school that become sort of the uh the the foundation of your your career and your future kind of lies in those lies in those skills the people skills engagement soft skills basically um versus some of the clinical education piece um, which is important it has its place of course but yeah, some of those things is just not necessarily taught. So a little bit harder to. Yeah, I agree. I think you know, uh, um, I would say too. I used to say this all the time. And I don't know if it's true for everybody, but I think athletic training is you know sixty to sixty-five percent personality, and the rest is you know clinical skills. So if you think about it the other way, if you don't have engaging personality and know how to just communicate, let's just say communicate. If you don't know how to communicate then your treatment process probably won't be as smooth, nor will your engagement or your buy-in from your student athlete or your, uh, you know, your patient, whoever you're talking with. So you need to have both. And I think, you know, if you have the ability to know what you're talking about, um, use a nomenclature well and use layman's terms that people can buy into your, your concepts. And I think you're going to have a big win, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing that's uh, I've kind of like learned kind of through the years is how to be able to better communicate with athletes and coaches and use those layman terms instead of just trying to use, you know, uh, medical terminology and then they're not going to understand what I'm saying, but being able to kind of speak to them on, on the same that's level right. and get the message across yeah. is, is, is right. huge, massively yep. important. Yep. Um, and then kind of, and then I kind of wanted to go back. And so with uh, rock tape and all the, the educational components, um, where do you, where do you see yourself as far as, I mean, are, is this kind of the, the continued path for you from now on? Do you have some other things that you're kind of working on or is this kind of pretty much just wanting to establish deeper roots into kind of that educational, uh, continuing education? You know, uh, rock tape has done such a good job as creating more courses. Uh, rock tape has been acquired by a company called M plus, M plus owns probably about okay. 25 to 30 other companies. Two of those other companies are companies that fit well with us, which are um, skills 
So Skills products, you've probably seen them out there. They're the black and yellow logo. Um, they they create all kinds of things for various sports, you know, training ladders, uh, things for baseball, softball, soccer, training ideas, concepts, performance. And then there's Trigger Point. Trigger Point is typically been known for their massage roller or their um, their foam roller, but they have all kinds of balls and stuff like that. So we're kind of the medical answer to trigger and skills. So that's where rock tape channel fits in well is that let's have a medical channel inside these performance and kind of soft tissue channels. So with that, um, it's my job as well as other people's jobs as the uh, director of education is to create content regarding, you know, skills and trigger and rock tape. So rock tape has always been medical and now we're kind of broadening out to more of the uh, fitness and health professions and saying, okay, you know, we also have education for performance. We have education for uh, prehab and rehab and trying to put it all together. So rock tape along with those other companies will continue to grow education uh, within those channels, performance and health and fitness. So nice. No, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Kind of trying to gather a little bit more of a, um, well, the market, market is, you know, uh, if you look market. at the market, um, the medical market in comparison is tiny compared to the health and fitness market. The health and fitness market is ginormous and people want to learn. And, you know, as we can see on all the social media avenues, um, uh, you know, still rock tape and skills and trigger, those are all are product companies. So we like to provide new products, new ideas, and how we can basically use those assets to, to help, you know, create health and fitness, you know, whether it's through the medical channel or through the fitness and health side. So that's a really big market. And uh, I think it's really just a really good avenue to go down. Nice. That's amazing. I mean, that's always, I mean, at least it's good that the, you know, you're always kind of like innovating and trying to grow the company yeah. instead of just kind of focusing in, in one little area. So it's nice that you guys are kind of branching out and trying to reach, you know, the health and fitness sector and kind of, you know, being uh, educational. Yeah. I mean, look at, um, look at athletic training. Athletic training has field. reached out now. Athletic training is in Amazon, UPS, FedEx, uh, you know, the, the arts and the, and dancing as far as Disneyland, Disney World, athletic trainers are everywhere. So it makes a lot of sense, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, and that's yeah. something yeah. as these continuing educa- education companies continue to grow, you know, there's places for athletic trainers in there too, as far as education and knowledge. You know, athletic trainers have, I almost like to call ourselves kind of like the, the jack of all trades, master of none, where you have to, you know, be able to auscultate lung sounds, uh, as far and even tape an ankle, you know, in the same day, which is typically, yeah, right. typically you wouldn't have to do that. Um, typically athletic chain has been very, <laughs> you know, preventative and, uh, caring for injuries. So now it's really branched out. And, you know, as we can see with athletic training, it's branching out everywhere. So there's opportunity, but that opportunity is only limited by your ability to sell yourself and talk a mean game. You got to be able to talk a mean game. I think it's really important and use a nomenclature that you, whoever you're speaking with on how to sell your product and your product is you, you know, what do you have to offer and what gap can you fill as that person? So if you walk into a company and they're looking for somebody who has some type of, you know, medical services uh, or medical service providing needs, how can you talk? How can you sell yourself? 
and you have to bridge that gap. And that's where the research always talks about is bridging the gap. So you're bridging the gap to sell yourself for the need within that company. Yeah, that's, um, there's one, uh, kind of one great, I don't know, like a quote or saying that people, uh, someone told me a while ago, but see a need, fill a need. And it's just, you know, comes down to like exactly what you were just saying, you know, just recognize kind of where those, what those gaps are and then learn how to a fill it and then communicate that to, to, to people and, uh, to put yourself yeah. out there and, and, uh, be able to, to kind we're of in it right now. And find a solution to yeah, somebody we're else. At, we're problem. in it right now. Everyone's yeah. at home and we can't get out. So what are the gaps? Okay, people can't go outside and exercise. Okay, people have high anxiety, you know, devising breathing and meditation techniques for them. Um, you know, all kinds of like nutritional needs, people buying up just frozen foods, how can we better ourselves, right? So there's all kinds of gaps you can see right away, but right. you have to keep those eyes open, you need to keep your head on the swivel and continue to you know, chase after those gaps. And, and speaking of like kind of picking back off of chasing after those gaps and things like that now, like, so I know, I know you don't have that much time today, but I do want to at least hit a little bit on, on that in a sense where, was there a gap that you had chased that maybe didn't work out quite the way that you wanted to, or maybe you hit some, um, some sort of, you know, uh, I don't know, speed bump, I guess, or a hurdle, uh, along the way. You know what I mean? I know we talked about a lot about your kind of your path, your journey, and then, and you know, you're, you going yeah. out to the schools and the Brazilian yeah. Jiu Jitsu tournaments and stuff, but did you ever kind of hit a wall? You felt like you were trying to approach and fill these gaps, but it just wasn't working out. Yeah. And if not, no, that's, no, a that's a really good question. Um, it, when I, when I was, so I worked, I started working with the boxing Olympic team. I think this was 2012 or 13. And, uh, you know, after the Olympics, boom, the job was over. You know, I was working with a private team. I think, uh, you know, whether it's boxing or wrestling, they probably get the least amount of any type of funding whatsoever. They have no funding and IOC doesn't help them. So those jobs go away. They're really cool. They're fun. You get all the gear and stuff like that, but they go away super fast. And at that time, that job after 2012, that job went away. And, you know, I'm lucky. Uh, I also play guitar. <laughs> so I filled, I filled the time by teaching guitar to all kinds of kids in the neighborhood. I literally put myself online. I put flyers on doors. Uh, I went down a totally different route um, as well as uh, still trying to keep up, you know, uh, CPR here and there. So there are times that, yeah, I was basically not working, you know, and that's what happens in athletic trainer. And I never, I think there's plenty of opportunities that people just want to get up and, and move, um, I was never one to get up and move physically, meaning that, um, you know, I've always been in Southern California. My base is here. And again, you know, I had a young family at that time, so it was really hard for me to basically leave. There was probably plenty of opportunity across the nation. I just never took the took those jobs because of that's a big move, right? But um, yeah, luckily I had the ability to kind of, with my, I have a bit of a chameleon background. I came from a music background and uh, I love to play the guitar and that, and that career didn't work out. So, but I still fall on it here and there. So nice. So you're still able to use it. <laughs> I, I get up, hit up all the time. You know, I put up, uh, you, know, you know, some fun little videos on IG and people hit me up. Hey, do you teach guitar lessons? I go, no, I don't. But if I lose my job, I'll be back, <laughs> you know? So yeah. 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 Oh, that's great. That's what, that's what, that's one thing I kind of preach to people is, is, don't be afraid to just try things because every experience will carry over into the next thing in some yeah. form or fashion. It, everything will kind of yeah, and, carry over. Uh, and, and you know, um, 
a lot of people say this very well on on social media is that you know opportunities come by you just keep on knocking on the door so you know whether it's an opportunity just to go hang out with somebody kind of like how i met you right um it it opportunities to just go watch somebody work and then you know uh make you know make friends you got to make friends and when you make friends and you politely keep knocking on that door i mean that's how people got into rock tape rock tape's pretty saturated now but a lot of people just keep on knocking on doors or keep on bothering you know so um yeah so you just got to keep on knocking those doors politely and then and jobs arise Man, you know just yeah no, that's great. You know, it's good, uh, good insight. Good points. I think it's, I think it's something important for people to understand is like, you know, you, you're going to knock on those doors and kind of reach out and, you know, some things aren't going to work out and you've got to find ways to yeah. kind of fill the gaps. But you know, we, we've all been through it at some point, you know, you did to, to mm-hmm. teach guitar lessons for a little bit until you kind of figured that's out right. how to transition. So I just think, uh, you know, that's great insight. That's good to know. I didn't, uh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I think it's, you know, so, and, uh, education can never, education can never hurt. I know, I know it's costly, but the more you educate yourself, the more powerful you are. Um, so I think that's really important. I know athletic training has gone to a, you know, a master's, entry level master's now. But you know, more and more people are getting terminal degrees. And I know they're expensive, mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely you know a, a, another way to market yourself, another niche that you can get into as far as the research you want to look into. You know. Absolutely. And where do you, and when we're, and then speaking of kind of athletic training, moving to masters and stuff kind of made me think about, you know, um, where do you, where do you see, I mean, kind of athletic training, you know, I mean, as a profession kind of going in the next Jeez, a decade or so, um, I don't know if you had, any, I'm so, I'm so know. far out of the, uh, the traditional <laughs> you know, athletic training model. I don't know. I'd probably put my foot in my mouth if I said anything. Right. I mean, like I said, I'm a, right. I'm an old school guy where <laughs> people should still be cleaning coolers and carrying yeah. bags over 20 pounds. I remember I got. I, I remember that for sure because uh, on my a site visit, I got busted for that. I think, you know, people were working too hard in the athletic training room too many hours. I'm like, oh, man. what do you mean? This is what athletic training is. And, you know, I, oh, I know there's a lot, to, a lot of talk yeah. about that. But um, athletic training, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. athletic trainers, are, yeah. are they know so much now. But really, it's all about how you provide that you know they're very very smart athletic trainers but they need to provide it in a determinate manner meaning that you need to be believable you know we have kids that are very smart coming out of school but um, they may have had their hand held quite some time where they really can't get out there and be believable and Mm -hmm. um, that's important to me when I uh, bring on athletic trainers to work these really large jiu-jitsu events and um you know, they go out on the mat and there's a lot of people out there and a lot of cameras and they may not perform the service, you know, as I, as I see fit for the moment, I'm like, well, you're not believable yet. You need more reps, you know? So, and I know you've worked with me. I put a lot of pressure on people, I'm sure, but, um, you know, you expect quality and yeah, (laughs) in a good way. Well, I think that, you know, some people are not believable. They don't believe in their skills yet. So you really got to believe in your skills and, you know, um, believe in who you are and what you can do and do it very well and sell yourself that way. You do a great job, by the way. Nice. You do. Oh, that's awesome. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate yeah. it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've been, I've just, yeah, no, I've been, I've been fortunate to just, uh, the soft skills kind of got instilled by my, my parents and, and, right. you know, my confidence and everything. And so I, I, I got to attribute a lot of that to, to them and, oh, yeah, and the sure. people I've, I've been yeah. around. So I, I appreciate it. Um, 
And if, um, if people wanted to get involved, you know, on whether it's in with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or even on the rock tape or just the educational side, um, can, do you have, uh, yeah. people, can yeah. people reach yeah, out to you sure. if that's cool? So, not, uh, two you things, know, no uh, worries, Instagram, but, obviously, um, Instagram, I'm at Dr. Christworth. So if you just typed in dr dot K R E, I'll probably pop up Dr. Christworth. That's my Instagram handle. Um, if they're interested in working Brazilian jiu-jitsu events as an athletic trainer in the state of California, in the state of Arizona, in the state of Nevada, um, that's pretty much everywhere we cover. Um, uh, they can reach out to blackbeltsportsmedicine at gmail.com, blackbeltsportsmedicine at gmail.com. If they want to reach out to me directly through email, ethan at rocktape.com. Yeah. Perfect. That, that makes it easy. No, no, I appreciate it. I mean, it'll be good. I'll, you know, I'm sure people will have either, you know, uh, questions. Hopefully we've kind of helped provided some value education, uh, kind of to to those listening. Yeah. I like to, you know, I, I, I I'm lucky. I had a couple of really cool mentors that helped me through and were there for all my basic questions and dumb questions and, you know, maybe more intellectual questions. And I love providing that for people and, um, anybody can reach out if I could help. Yeah. Nah, I appreciate the offer, Dr. K. Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate you being on the podcast and offering to help. Um, I'll make sure to kind of put this out there and let people know. And, um, and, uh, yeah. So, um, anyway, but I mean, I know your time is busy. You're running around all over the place, but, um, again, I appreciate you coming on and even for just jumping off for, I don't even know how long we've been recording the 30 minutes or something like that. I appreciate it, man. Anytime. uh,